0: Welcome to Not Your Mother's Voice Teacher. We're three friends and voice teachers who want to shine a light on the importance of contemporary singing. We're tired of commercial music taking a backseat to classical music in academia.
1: We're here to discuss what no one else wants to talk about when it comes to voice education in America.
2: Some will call us crazy, but our mission is to pull back the curtain on contemporary singing and showcase its approachability, sustainability, and viability. We're
1: so happy you're here. Let's get started. Hey guys, welcome back to Not Your Mother's Voice Teacher, and today we are talking about
0: belting. Dun, dun, dun! Super dramatic!
2: Okay. Who wants to go first? (laughs) This is the hardest part, is starting. Belt is a quality, not a register. Ooh, she said the thing!
1: Okay, so... Belting sucks. I'm just going to say it out loud. It's so hard as a voice teacher to teach this because 90% of what I'm doing is just looking at my students and going, can you not scream in my face, please? Like, that's 90% of what I do when, like, my students come to me and go, I want to work on belting. And I'm like, okay. I'm a little
2: terrified. (laughs) I also hate teaching belting. There's just, like, so many like steps involved and it takes like a while and teenagers get really discouraged really really quickly so they're like yeah they like think it's a one-stop shop thing because that's I feel like
0: on TikTok all I see is people like not being able to belt and then suddenly they can belt and,
2: and it's, it's like, not yeah. and suddenly yeah. like
0: oh yeah but I it's not just the teenagers though
1: remember when your student's mom just emailed you and was like hey can you teach her to belt and you're like there's so much we have to do before she's ready for that.
0: Yes, I literally did have a student who was like, her mom email, her mom emailed me and was like, I want you to teach her how to riff, and I want her to learn how to belt. And the student had just come off a really serious voice injury, and I was like, I cannot do that. <laughs> like, please don't make me do that. Um, Luckily, we like, you know, like, it was okay, and like, my boss was on my side about it, and I lost that student, but... Like, I would prefer, like, they f- hopefully find uh someone else who tells them that they're not going to do that for them because that's not how it works.
2: I feel like the really common trend right now is students having strong chest voice from the get-go. Yes. But they have no head voice, and thus they can't belt. And so then when they're like, I really want to learn how to belt, and you're like, okay, let's start with the complete opposite sound.
0: Yeah, they're like, (laughs) they're like, "Um,
2: I don't think you understand what I want. Yeah. It's like, no, I I don't think you understand what you want.
1: (laughs) Yeah, but I think that comes out of, I was talking to a student about this the other day. Are you
2: deciding
0: whether or not you want to tell the story? Oh, yeah. I live across the street from a train station. (laughs) not even a train
1: station and coming back in yeah but i was really talking to a student about this the other day actually i think the big concept with belt and why people get so frustrated when they're learning belt especially within a ccm style even if they don't have a classical background they're just like a 14 year old person who comes in and is like i want to sing musical theater and i want to do the belt numbers the all the 11 o'clock numbers and i'm like great we can work on that but belt is such a widely known term to the general public yeah. that people are using it incorrectly. They're just throwing it out there and saying like, oh, like, look at her belting her face off. And I'm like, that's not what she's doing at all. You she's just not are, working that hard. Like, you were just hearing a really loud singer who probably has a sound guy over there turning her up and she's making very little noise behind that microphone. But. You perceive it as loud, so you perceive it as belting. And then you develop these really unhappy, unhealthy habits, like Tess was talking about, where they come in with these very strong, overly developed chest voices because they've been screaming their whole life. And now I have to fix that problem. And they have to unlearn what they thought they had taught themselves really well to do.
2: And the unlearning process is really, really uncomfortable, right? And just makes everyone feel really insecure because for a while... Your voice doesn't feel the same. You feel like the things that you knew how to do are ruined. I remember in my my undergrad when I was at community college, there was this girl who told me that once she learned how to sing classical music with her head voice, her belt was ruined and that she couldn't. And I remember being like, oh, my God, classical singing ruins your belt? Well, it's... <laughs> oh my obviously not true but like i
1: get what she's coming from though because like you get to that point in classical singing where you think i'm like vocal health is like the end all be all of everything i do and so you start to think like i'm gonna preserve my vocal health over the quality of the sound that i want and so you flip into your head voice when you really should be going for more of a mix But you're afraid of the mix because it feels like there's something happening in the throat. Yeah, it feels like
0: more. Yeah, Yeah. when we've
1: all been taught from the classical world that we shouldn't be feeling things going on laryngeally. And so the second we feel something, we're like, oh my god,
0: no, like, go away, stop that. Wait, I want to know more about that. Like, you shouldn't be feeling
2: things laryngeally? Yeah, usually you're told, like, when you're singing, like, your classical art song or whatever, that you... that nothing is working here, nothing is happening here, and I think really what they're trying to say is you are not pushing from here. The energy comes okay. from breath, right? Okay. But they say like nothing is happening here. You're like a swan and you're you're kicking really hard underwater, War. but everything is easy from the you top up. You got the up. swan metaphor too. Yeah, All dude. The <laughs> yeah, oh and it's but it's they're really just telling you to not press and right. have a yeah. bunch of throat tension. Yeah, the goal is always mm-hmm. like
1: complete vocal freedom. So you're going with like absolutely no sensation here so that all of the muscles are relaxed, nothing is squeezed, everything's very balanced. We have flow phonation, no problem. But the second you start doing belting and you're going for more like um AES constriction, and we're going to move things in the throat. Right, and we're we are going to tighten. Some subglottic
2: pressure. Yeah, we going. are going to have
1: some pressure in there. All of a sudden, classical singers go, oh my god, this ah. is wrong. And so they'll flip yeah. to their head voice and just go for a very bright vowel, and they'll be like, this isn't the color that I want. And they get very, very frustrated with that.
0: Hmm, okay. Dang, I... D- I am learning so much. <laughs> 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 About classical education in voice. I... It's like you guys had this. Per- but were you still belting in undergrad? Did you ever belt? Like ever, ever? LOL. Define belt. Did you ever try to belt? Like were you ever like in a practice room and you're like, I'm going to sing Wicked right here, right now for fun? You yes, did that? but
1: only in the sense that I was with friends and we were making fun of it. Really? Like trying to sing as high as we could in our test <sighs> voice and just be super duper loud. Because I came from a super classical background where we're like, classical singing is the elite form of singing. And it's going to be the thing that sets you apart as a better singer than everybody else. And there's that classical thing in academia in a lot of places where it's like, that's art with that capital A is classical art. versus with a capital A. Oh my I God, it. I used, I stole that from my music history professor. He's like, art, capital A, when he's talking well, about higher
0: art forms. <laughs> Dang. What about you, Tessa? Did you ever belt in undergrad?
2: I feel like I did a significant amount of what I thought was belting in high school. I didn't have any voice lessons as a young person, so I was very much just kind of hearing things and making sounds and doing what I thought I was doing. And um, when I started my classical education, all of that kind of got thrown out the window, um, because it, we had a goal and it was me singing classical music for the degree that I was getting and right, yeah. that was the priority. And, and so I didn't really do any musical thingy theater singing in college, um, until Besides, like the legit stuff that we talked about yeah, last yeah, time. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but no, like I, I didn't like do any musicals in college. I was very choir focused. I was working a lot. So if it, if I wasn't doing it on campus, like, I wasn't doing it at all. And um, I did a lot of church singing. Yeah, so, like, it
0: never, like, it was never Mm. a priority. It was never a priority. Yeah,
2: okay. I mean, in undergrad, my teachers never once said the word chest voice to me. We literally never, in the six years of my classical undergrad, they never. Were you, like, a
1: mode one, mode two type school,
0: or did you just talk about. No, no,
2: they literally never talked about register. We just never talked about it. So, you were just,
0: like, I sing in head voice, period. That's the tweet.
2: But we didn't even use the words head voice or chest voice. Like, we just never talked about register. That we were very... It was all about, like, my tone color. Okay. And I just didn't... We just... Yeah. We never talked
1: about it. I stuttered, like, crazy there. Which we... We talked about this a little bit last time, about how the whole point of classical singing is to find that very... Um, smooth registration, that very right. smooth tone color throughout the whole thing. There's no differentiation, whereas CCM we're exploiting that differentiation. So from a classical teaching background, I can see how that would have been really helpful yeah. as, like, to a student. So you're not even like confusing them with words that they're not going to use necessarily.
2: I never felt like I was missing out during that degree. I, yeah. The language they used felt very clear for the goals that we were trying yeah, to absolutely. attain. Yeah, absolutely you know so my classical singing felt great it was great like there were yeah, no problems yeah, yeah. so like
0: <laughs> no notes no notes
2: yeah but let's actually let's jump back for a
1: quick second and let's actually talk about what we think belt even is because I mean Tess mentioned that it's a quality rather than a vocal yeah. register but for a lot of people that conversation hasn't been had and people think that belt is like oh it, this is the belt technique and I'm like there's a lot more nuance to that so what do you guys if I just was interviewing you for like a job at like a college and I wanted you to be adjunct <laughs> faculty and I asked you what
0: do I what do you, you belt? think belt is? What would you say? Oh dang. Um I would say like, oh God, I'm getting put on the spot right now. This is good practice. I guess I would probably be like, it's loud, it's a lot of air, and it's high, like highly pressurized singing. Like, it's uh with, with a megaphone mouth shape. With Test. a little AES action?
2: Yeah. yeah. I mean, I would agree with all of that. I feel like we could also talk about how certain vowels lend better to belt than others. Just, like, building off of everything you said. Ooh, yeah, absolutely. You know, like belting on an e not not really a good not really a good time but like getting an, ah, an yeah, a an a like rocking a ah. all right yeah, yeah. rocking tess and i ah. i love that tess and i did a whole
0: presentation on belting
2: we uh, did last
0: year and I feel like everything
2: that we presented on I can't remember at this particular moment. I remember I, some of it. But. I remember a lot of the cultural aspects of belting from that presentation. Yes. I my job wasn't the science in that presentation.
0: For the cultural aspect of it, it was it comes from spirituals,
2: you know, black African music.
0: singing, black music period. And then, like as it went up through the years, we had uh, the woman whose name I cannot remember right now. Ethel Merman. No, it was before that. The girl who played Ato Annie in the original Oklahoma, who sings "I Can't Say No." They told her to sing like a hog. Was that not Ethel Merman? That was not Ethel Merman.
1: Who's googling stuff in the background?
0: That was not (laughs) Ethel Merman. It was somebody else, Judy something. Garland? No, not Judy Garland. I wish. No, Judy Garland was probably struggling on drugs at that <laughs> point. <laughs> yep. Yep. Let me look back at this presentation. Celeste Holmes, so not not Judy at all. Celeste not Judy
1: Holmes. At all. Okay. Celeste
0: Holmes in 1943. Ethel Merman did popularize it in 1930, though, so yeah. you guys were right. That was first. There's
1: no business like show. That's my best Ethel Merman impersonation.
0: That was really good. Yeah, that was pretty good. Thank you. I worked really hard on that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so it was all based on like sounding less technically correct. And now we have like things like
2: wicked and
0: people like belting face.
2: Well, I feel like it's like every skill has like, as time has gone on, has required more and more levels of extreme skill. Absolutely. So, like gymnastics. Gymnastics 50 years ago. Not gymnastics today. Not gymnastics today. Do a somersault. ballet mm. 50 completely different thing like the the really big ballet dancer anna pavlova not not doing anywhere near like doing what now. they're doing yeah. now so i it, i mean singing's the same as i don't know as time goes on it's like you have to continue breaking new barriers going to new heights and
0: well this really like this
1: relates to just music in general like classical or ccm because i mean let's talk about the classical era built on the Baroque era of music and yeah. classical music, and the Romanticism built on classical music, and then late Romanticism built on early Romanticism, and actually even more on classical. And then you get into like Schoenberg and the second Viennese school, and I'm right. like, what are 12-tone rows? Because they're like, we've never done this before. Why not? <laughs> In case you didn't know, I don't love them. 12-tone rows, I'm not bad at
2: them. into a matrix. I don't love
0: a matrix. <laughs> I don't. I'm curious, though, like if you were talking about different types of like uses of words, like you never heard the word chess voice in your undergrad experience. And that's where we get like the blurred lines of like what are the blurred lines of what voice teaching is with like words like you were like, oh, is it M1 and M2? Belting means something different to every single person who does it. Which is why our job sucks sometimes. <laughs> right, yeah. And There's that's like, what I was going to say. You, like, you don't like teaching belting because everybody has a different interpretation of it. Yeah. And, I, and even not just the, the teachers have different interpretations of it, but
1: students and listeners all have different interpretations of it. Because I could be sa- sitting here going, like, she's absolutely belting in a recording. And the student's like, no, they're not. They're not loud enough. And I'm like, well, if I turn the volume up, do you believe me now? And so, like, the perception is all, like, super crazy but i don't know i think the the issue with especially ccm teaching and we talk about belts and we talk about chest voice and we talk about head voice or m1 or m2 or whatever words we want to use is that it's such an understudied medium in academia that there's no agreed upon jargon yet like lawyers if they use certain words every lawyer in the country knows what that word means and the same thing's with doctors and tax people accountants that's what they're called (laughs) we are so divided as voice teachers on what ccm is let alone if people should be teaching it because there are still teachers who are like no yeah that's not good and that's evolving but there's no like codex of these are all the words you need to be using and this is the agreed upon vocabulary for every single singer
0: But then also like when we're studying, that's, uh, we're taking a theory class right now where people are literally inventing new words for things that have been like relatively well established. And we're like, I don't like that they're putting it like, boom, in the sand. Like that this is the word now. And we all are, we kind of all like discuss that. Like, is is this like how we're gonna move forward with it being the word? Like, I think somebody changed bridge to interverse and it was like why would you do that
2: so annoying
0: i don't know that like
1: but this is part of the discussion of like vocabulary in general with voice teaching is that it is subjective and it changes and just depending on who you are and how your brain is going to process that language is going to change yeah what you think about it like i just had a student we were working on yodels And she couldn't get out of the idea that if she wasn't doing like full on Swiss, like if she wasn't doing the sound of music impersonation, it wasn't a yodel. And so I was like, okay, so let's call it a flip. And all of a sudden her brain was like, I can do that. And so it's it's part of working with the student's brain rather than against the student's brain and superimposing what we want it to, what everyone should think like. And that cookie cutter thing that all the classical students have been shoved into for a really long time, we wanted, we were told we had to sound a certain way. We had to do a certain thing. We had to interpret music in this very limited spectrum. So now that we're in CCM, when there's, it's all about expression and it's all about choosing the tone color you want, we, we kind of hate telling people how to think. Which is why the jargon sucks and it's why teaching belting is so hard because we're sitting there going... I want to use words that work for me, but they might not
0: work for your brain. Right. And that's why evidence-based pedagogy is the best thing you can do because our brains as the teacher are supposed to be like, this is what I want. All right. I have like five different ways that I can get to that, but I got to see which one works. You know what I mean? A lot of times when I'm talking to my students, they will be like, I'm throwing some spaghetti at the wall and I'm just seeing what sticks. Because something that works for me isn't going to work for you and vice versa. As long as you're getting the outcome that you want, that's like the goal.
2: And I feel like so often students are like so confused by that you don't need them to get it on the first try and with the one way that you taught them. So when you like change how you're teaching them and they're like, wait, it's cool that uh, that way didn't work for me and i'm I'm constantly telling my kids like you're not gonna hurt my feelings yes like yep. this, my ego isn't going to be hurt if you don't like this one technique we will just try another way and we will try a different sound and then it's like they have an idealized sound in their head and if it's if that's not the belting that they're doing and you're like but that doesn't mean what you're doing is bad Like, there's nothing wrong with it. No, yeah. It's just another sound that you can make. And we will get to the sound you want, but, like... It takes time. It's a working sound. It's not
1: a
0: perfected sound. Yeah. A lot of times, like, I'll have people come in for my trans lessons, and they'll be like, shouldn't this just be, like, a quick fix? Like, a snap, and I suddenly have, like, a feminine voice, and it's like, oh, girl. <laughs> uh have you ever uh been able to like decide you want to do the splits like one day and then the next day suddenly you can do
2: the splits? Like <laughs> if you can I am constantly using the splits oh my God, as the yeah, metaphor same, all of the time. Time. Like, like kids are always like, I want a higher range. I don't know why Young girls are like, I just need to be the most soprano-y soprano of all time. Ariana Grande. <laughs> I effect. just, yeah, 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 I guess that is, uh, it probably is her fault. Her and Mariah Carey. Yeah, the whistle tone all those girls that want the whistle tone. Oh, my God.
0: And if MLS anybody knows like, how to do those, do those, please
2: sp- Enlighten sp- hit us. me up.
0: Because <laughs> I can't do it.
2: Can you, whisp- can you whistle no, tone? I cannot whistle tone. I
1: can oh. sing really high, but I wouldn't call it whistle. <laughs> oh I would just say, yeah, I can just stretch my head voice really far. Ugh. <laughs> uh. But this goes back to the question of when you teach belting, what are some of the techniques you're actually using to do the teaching?
2: I feel like right now, all of my students that want to belt, none of them have the head voice to maintain it. Mm-hmm. So I, right now, like everyone who's asking me to belt, all I am doing is giving them head voices, CT exercises, and yeah. these young girls are looking at me like, why do you hate me? <laughs> That's not what I like, asked, Mom. Um, I'm doing my best. I want to eat the broccoli, <laughs> <laughs> literally. I, I have been implementing more calling exercises. Yeah, 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 yeah. I've been using the, you know, the song from The Breakfast Club. Hey, 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 hey. I've, I've been using that a lot mostly because it's just really fun to that make a 13-year-old like girl that. sing from The Breakfast Club. <laughs>
0: What about you, Savvy? What do you do? Um,
1: I guess it just depends on the student because my my approach to teaching is very much like, where are you? I'm going to meet you where you're at and then fill in the gaps. That's kind of what I'm going with. So I do a little bit of, if I've never met the student before, we do a little bit of diagnostics where I'm going to check on where is your strength? Is it in your head voice or is it in your chest voice? Can I merge the two somehow? Can I give you primal sounds that you can connect to to make very free sounds that are inherently easy for you to do. And then when I go into really start going for the belt, I like to incorporate a lot of like physical activity with it because it starts getting Mm. their body to prep for the note for them without thinking, okay, I have to clench up and prep for this note now. And then they hold tension in places. I don't want it. So I'll do a lot of like, like, I hate you. And they have to chuck that <laughs> word across the room. I love that. That's we'll my favorite. That. I hate you. It's a great vowel. And it gives you a good H yeah, to prep right. so you don't have enough. So you don't have, yes, like,
2: overly I'm, pressurized. I'm literally going to use that tomorrow. <laughs> it's my favorite <laughs> one.
1: I like, I hate you.
0: Um... I Plus guess when they're
1: mad at me because I'm making them do head voice before, it's cathartic.
0: Yeah, <laughs> yep. They're like, oh, finally. I can <laughs> I tell express myself. How I'm really feeling. <laughs> I feel like it kind of depends on where the student starts. But most of the time, my students start with really strong chest voices, like you were saying earlier. And so, usually, I'll check to make sure that they can sing in their head voice. And if they can't, then I'm like, okay, let's figure this out. But then, usually, it's, I'll try to see if I can get them to mix up. And then we'll kind of start to increase the volume. Like, can they like, can they transition their registers um like smoothly without like a big massive gear shift? And then we'll move into like the I hate you, or I'll do I, I'll say stay away. I say go away. I Hashtag love that Matt one. Edwards. <laughs> Hashtag Matt Edwards taught us all of our exercises. <laughs> <laughs> Stealing all of our stuff. Literally, yeah.
1: <sighs> but I think this ties into also what we were talking about earlier. How much jargon are you using with them when you're talking about this stuff? Like we just used a lot of words talking about register and head voice and chest voice and mixing and AES, which is for anybody who doesn't know, area epiglottic sphincter. I like to use the the words area epiglottic space because I don't like the word sphincter. I'm going to edit a video of
0: you just saying sphincter over and over again. Do
1: you hate me? I hate you. (laughs) But it's we how much jargon are you guys using in your actual teaching? Because if the whole point of this podcast is to say, help people understand like yeah. what a great approach to teaching is, what are your teaching practices with that? Do you use a lot of jargon? Do you explain it beforehand? Do you kind of just let them come up with their own
2: terms as a student? What do you guys do? Because I am almost exclusively working with teenagers and preteens. I use a mix of a lot of jargon nice. and I explain all of it because I know they're going to go to their potentially older choir teacher, future collegiate professor or the
1: internet or the
2: internet and there's going to be a lot of words and they and they already know like a lot of jargony words whether or not they know what they actually mean right yeah so i i use a lot of jargon and i explain a lot of jargon and i give synonyms for like all of the jargon that i use
0: same yeah i because if i say thyroarytenoid
2: muscle to a student
0: they'll their their eyes will glaze over so usually i call i call that one the thor muscle
2: because nice. I'm like, when you think
0: of Thor, what do you think of? Right? So I usually I'm do that. that. That's a good one. I can't come. up If you guys have one for uh, CT, let me know the cricothyroid muscle. I know there's oh that one. Oh my lord! But that's usually how I'll kind of be like, okay, we gotta we gotta thicken and juice up this this uh, TA muscle. I call it the cutie. The cutie. The cutie oh cutie.
2: Cutie. The cutie, cutie. cutie. Yeah. I call it I the like Disney
0: that.
1: princess voice. Because yeah, then they go to that's like good one. S- yeah. Sleeping Beauty and Cinderella and they're like, oh, it's like
0: the, Ooh, yeah, like
1: whatever it is. That oh, was my best off. CT that was right nice. there.
0: Yeah. Thanks.
1: I've...
0: Where's my dog? Like, <laughs> come to me, come to Savvy.
1: <laughs> oh, to little birds. Like, that's, that's what I'm going to do. Clean my house every day.
0: All right. Do you guys want to hear um, some of the things I found on Reddit that people are asking for assistance on their belts? Do you want me to read We'd them to you? We love a Reddit thread.
1: Sure, um, I'm a
0: lover of all things Reddit, so let's let's She's do a Reddit, it. Reddit really. girlie. All right. Here we go. First one. I don't know if it's because of body resonance or it's just the most comfortable register, but singing in my chest voice just feels really nice, and I can do it for hours. Sadly, I have a pretty low passaggio, so I've been working with my teacher to develop a stronger mixed voice so I can belt and have a chestier sound higher up. But I get really discouraged because so far it just doesn't feel nearly as good as chest voice and throws me off. It's not necessarily uncomfortable, but it feels weak and unnatural. Will this feel more satisfying as I learn how to control it?
2: Thoughts and feelings? I mean, the quickest answer is yes. Yes. Yes.
1: There's so much yeah. to dissect in that, though. Like, let's start sentence by sentence. Okay, so they ha-
2: <laughs>
0: they've really loved their chest voice, and I love Yay. that they can sing. Yay. I know like, they can sing at them for hour, if uh, for hours. But they have a low passaggio, so it seems like they're hold on. Like, what does that sentence mean, low passaggio? Because
1: from my understanding, you guys correct me if I right. just misunderstood this my whole life. The passaggio is just the Your passaggio. Break. It's it's kind of a cluster of notes that.
0: So like I guess every
1: human voice adheres to.
0: So I guess maybe they're feeling like okay, their but gear the, shift the passaggio
2: is, is different for each person. Yeah, right? So a different so like, pitch for each like, person, but, but it's all spots. in the same general area. But like the soprano one is higher than the alpha one, and those are the true definitions of like. Voice class is based on where your mm. passaggio is and not oh. your range.
1: I was just always told and that, that B flat. Wow! So I was like, Great. Tess,
2: I learned something new
0: today. I did, I did too. Nice going, that. girl.
2: Thank you. She's like, yeah.
0: Yes, I am smart. Um, she is beautiful. So it sounds like whoever this is has like a lower voice. Okay. okay. Yeah. Especially if they feel like they've got a really strong chest
1: voice, then they're yeah. they're probably more in the alto baritone bass world right or mezzo i forget mezzos exist sometimes
0: <laughs> that's hi hello it's me <laughs>
2: um
0: yeah so i don't know do you uh, it feels weak and unnatural that's what to use
2: said. their head voice to use their head voice in
0: any capacity
2: i feel like that's a really common sensation for people yeah. who haven't had to use their head voice,
0: right? Especially if they are sitting so comfortably in their chest voice. It just yeah, feels like... and
2: it's like if that feels so comfy, like why would they have ever used their head voice? And if you're using a muscle you've never used before, regardless of where it is in your body, it feels uncomfortable.
1: Nobody thinks a bench press feels natural. No, same concept. That's true. But those are just bigger muscles,
0: and these are really itty bitty tiny muscles. Sounds like they have a good teacher who's trying to balance them out. Yes,
1: definitely.
2: Yeah. A-L. But
1: also, I think that it's really. This part ties into a lot of the psychology of singing, which Ugh, we're dealing yes. with a lot as teachers because the voice itself is a part of the human body. like, And it is how you express yourself to the world around you is
0: through your voice. Yeah. So when we
1: change and alter that voice, it feels like we're changing something about you personally. Yeah, like
0: your fundamental core.
1: It feels very, very weird. It's why we get so very shy about our voices we hate singing in front of people at first because we feel like any criticism is not just criticism of the sound it's, it's criticism of us and yep. so this this kind of it feels weak and unnatural sounds like this person is sitting there going it doesn't sound like me and i don't like that i cannot connect myself to the sound that i am making
0: yeah and that makes me feel sad i just hope that and i'm guessing since their teachers is, is working with them on their head voice and making them you know understand Cause it seems like they get what they're doing. They just don't like it. <laughs>
1: yeah, which is super common for a lot of singers yeah. because of that sense of self shifting.
0: Yeah. Cool. Got last thing. No. Okay. Did <laughs> you want to just do like that <laughs> one, or did you want to do more? I got one more. <laughs> Savvy's like, give Let's me another, another one. one. Give me
1: another one. I like talking
0: about this stuff. Uh, yeah, it's <laughs> fun, right? <laughs> okay. This one's a little bit longer. And I think this one might make you guys a little angry. (laughs) Um, In a good way, like a, oh, you're so wonderful kind of way. Um, I started singing seriously about five months ago. I'm 16 years old and a mezzo-high soprano. With a really loud singing voice, belting and projection is sort of what I do. Recently, I got into a musical at my local children's theater and was and am thrilled to get in and got a part as one of the three wickersham brothers the wickersham brothers from Susical the musical seussical the musical
1: we love us since there's only
0: three of us and i definitely have the loudest voice of the other wickersham's it's really easy to hear me over them i'm a pretty good singer i'd say but i'm not nearly as experienced as everyone else there this is only my second musical ever and my first time in community theater oh every time i watch rehearsals back i think why am i so loud why can't you Why can you hear me so well? Even though everyone in the cast is singing, you can hear me in my distinct belt. I hate it. Oh, my belt and loud voice has made me more and more self-conscious about my voice. I don't think I'm a skilled enough singer to be drawing that much attention. Not that I'm bad. I can hit some pretty high notes and low notes and hold a rather steady tone, but also I can hold notes for a really long time. But next to all these Next to all these other people who have been doing this for years, even decades, I feel like an insufficient and subpar performer in a title role. I don't know anything about music theory or how to read music, whereas these people actually do. It makes me feel like I'm not really a part of the cast. I don't know what to do. Everyone says that my belt and projection is my strong suit, but I don't see it that way. For whatever reason, I feel like belting is something anyone else can do, and it's really not that great of a skill. Uh-oh, we're going to have to talk about that one. I don't value it the way everyone else does. It especially is detrimental when you're not confident in your voice already. I want to make musical theater my career, and I don't know how to do that without you getting past this insecurity or learning to be quieter. Should I even be proud of my belt and ability to hold out a note for so long in the first place?
2: Okay, well, first of all, I think Susical, the Musical is a great first show yes. for a Fantastic. community-building experience wickersham brother that is a fun role and i hope that they are having a great time in that um second of all man it's just so hard when you're not you're when you're new to group singing and you just don't know how to blend yeah facts you know i feel like that's probably that's
0: probably the most biggest of what's going issue. on here yeah yeah,
2: yeah. I think you need to get a voice teacher
0: if you don't have one already.
1: Well, didn't they say that they had been taking it lessons for like five months? They just said they were new to singing. I started singing seriously oh, about five months ago. Okay, so that in my brain went voice lessons. Right, yeah. serious singers take voice lessons because I'm <laughs> a fetus It doesn't like say
0: that. anything about a voice teacher. And it doesn't say anything about like them
2: talking to their voice teacher about it. I'm going to say just because they said singing seriously and they sound young. Um, None of the sentences had capital letters, not a single one. Incredible. So we can assume Gen Z. Um, <laughs> love that. We love, we love Gen, you Gen Z. <laughs> we love Gen Z singers here. Also, I they're don't I type with capital letters. I have the caps turned off on it's my It's honestly phone. cooler. <laughs> You look so much more cool. Thanks. I'm, I'm glad. Tessa's I'm going to cool let my millennial show here for a moment and go, grammar is important. <laughs> okay. Um, my mom's an English professor and I have great grammar. That doesn't mean no, my she does. text needs she to be She checks good. my grammar all the time. Like, <laughs> if you read my emails... They have caps and good grammar. <laughs> you read my text messages. None to be a, had. That is a different experience. Right.
0: You're really going for the Ariana Grande like sweetener thing. <laughs>
1: yeah. <laughs> I think my, my first piece of advice to this person would be, okay, it's musical theater. It is, I understand the self-consciousness of being the loudest person on the stage. Two things to that. First, your ear is trained to pick up you like Facts. it it wants to hear your voice so you may be hearing yourself a lot more than other people are ask someone around you if they're hearing you just as much they might say yeah i can hear you cuz they're also listening for it but ask a myriad of people say like is it is it bad is it is am i too loud get a get a group discussion going about this because your brain is going to automatically look to criticize you anyway because yes. that's how the human yes. brain is programmed second I don't know that blending is necessarily the go-to in a musical theater thing, unless your director or your music director is telling you, you need to sing less. If they're not giving you yeah. that note,
0: don't worry about it. Coming from someone who did a lot of group singing, <laughs> acapella singing and such. I feel like that's something that isn't necessarily talked about as much in musical theater settings is that blend is really important. Like I, like it is, it's really important because then you get people that are like completely standing out, and not necessarily in a good way. I feel not like to say that the it context
2: really context matters.
0: does
1: because, matter. like, an a cappella singing. Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah, right. Absolutely. But
2: Seussical the musical. This is a show I know honestly. Tess knows too a lot well. better than Super I would care well. <laughs> care to admit. Um, the Wickersham brothers are a group of gorillas literally because it's like they're like it's seussical so they're gorillas okay gorillas. Gorilla. gorilla i mean because <laughs> they're, they're not like actually but right, right, it's like that's everyone's the animal they're everyone's of. everyone's an animal they usually wear like a leather coat some converse maybe they look they're like the they're bad greas- They're the so bad the, boys so the concept they're of literally blending shouting is not a thing yeah, yeah, no, it's not a part <laughs> of, in that role, not at all. They Check. go around like, talk it to a speck, talk it to a speck, to a speck, it does blame fool in the jungle of New... Like, that th- they're like, oh my gosh, us, thank Seuss you. Called the musical happening <laughs> now. Like, they're, they're just yelling the whole time, like, why would you? Blend. Okay, so that's
0: context. I don't know musical the musical as well as Utah. So yeah, that that no, then that's those are valid concerns.
1: My other my other question is I know it said it's a local like community children's theater, but my It's
0: not children, it's adults too. Oh,
1: okay. Yeah. So if they said local community theater, what's their mic system? Because if it's just rehearsals mm. they're allowed for, their sound guy, once they put mics on, can bump up the other two people. Yeah. And just bump yeah. you less. So have patience with it is what I would tell this person if they were coming to me with this problem. I'd start with, okay, let's not be so critical of ourselves all the time and let's work through that. Second, let's just see how things go in the next month or so of rehearsals. Maybe the other two people are marking right now because they just don't have the energy to sing out because they have other
0: commitments. Right. If, if it's really a problem, you would hope that the music director or the director would say something. Yeah, Yeah. For sure. If
2: they're not giving you notes on this don't fixate the on that thing them. you need to be worried about
0: yeah i feel like the easy answer here and like the first answer we probably all said mentally was this is probably actually a strength not a weakness for you right like th- and that's what a lot of the comments were in the in the subreddit um so i'm really glad with these answers because it's not just giving them like no you're great go off and do this like we're actually like let's dissect this. right really let's dissect this
2: yeah I feel like it is probably safe to assume that their head voice might not be bopping, that maybe if they really wanted something to work on, it's like, okay, well, here's something you can work on. You can work on strengthening another part of your voice. Yeah, It's not going to take away from the strength of your belt and your chest voice. It's probably going to make it stronger, ultimately. I would probably also start to try to see if I could get their folds to come together a little bit. Less
0: intensely. If they're really loud, yeah. I'd be like, "Let's try and sing quietly. Let's do some quiet chest yeah. voice es- exercises." You know what I mean? Like it was bother- voice. What? Wow! Really? <laughs> Come back for another episode <laughs> for that one. <laughs> you know, but it, like if it's really something that's bothering them, it's like you know, right? I'll, and that's a, not going to take
2: away from absolutely. the ability that they already have. So
0: yeah, nice, great. Those are the only two I had. Awesome. I love that. Well, okay, guys.
1: Thank you so much for joining us today. Go check us out on Instagram at, at NotYourMother'sVoicePod. We will see you in the next one. Bye.